3: oh look at that i knew something about a punk band just some For... old
1: fat drunk dudes jumping up and down
0: <laughs> this tree just planted itself right on top of the cement
1: i did watch a youtube video today my dad mashed potato of enema chris State. Aaron doesn't know who chris <laughs> is it's so good and... that's great
3: Hey what's up everyone Welcome to another episode of The Punk Tree This is Jesse, I'm here with Mike and Aaron We've got um, Yo. quite a bit of fun stuff to talk about uh, today um, We're actually going to be getting into a kind of specific topic today Where we look at um, our top 10 favorite albums from the past decade We'll each kind of cycle through and just talk about um, albums that we loved this last decade uh, But just to kick off, let's just uh, say Hey, everyone, what have you been listening to uh, lately, Aaron?
1: How about I go first? Can I go first? Yeah, you should go first. I'm, ch- I'm chomping at the a, bit.
3: Aaron's got a mouthful of breakfast anyways.
1: Yeah, that works. I see that. Uh, so Sorry, I'm excited um, because I think this is uh, going to be connected to a show that, that's coming up soon. Um, and something I really loved about our time together is that it's like connecting this dot, these like, connecting dots of breadcrumbs back to like, when I started really loving music. Um, And so we uh, we've been talking to um, the guys in Sedera quite a bit uh, through like some DMS and stuff about, about possibly, probably coming on the show here um, pretty soon. Um, And so I actually have been listening to quite a bit of Sedera. I've been listening to the album that was uh, released a couple of years ago, coordinative resonance, Um, On it, uh, this band used to be called Longfellow, and when I was in high school, I really loved the band Longfellow. Uh, They were kind of a a more than local band um, from Southern California, Um, uh, and like their records were some of my favorites. I mentioned them before on the show, uh, but I've been listening to the new version of the band called Sedera quite a bit. Um, They've re-released a couple of songs uh, from back in the Longfellow days that I've been digging and uh yeah yeah i've been i've been listening to that quite a bit very cool
3: i uh you actually Uh, Sent out like a like a little video message link thing for Aaron and I to check out um, from Sedera and like my eyes, you know the emoji where your eyes go really big. I was like, oh dang, I love that sound. And Longfellow wasn't a band I was into back then, but like it's good to hear those recommendations from you because my jaw just dropped. Like, oh dude, this is right up my alley. I love this.
1: Yeah, and it's also fun, like hearing a band that that like was making music that got me into making music before it was really, really easy to make. Well, not easy, but as easy to make good quality sounding stuff. And so like accessible, I think
0: that's yeah. Like quality
1: for. recording is so much more accessible now. And so like, you know, like all their new stuff is just so polished and clean and
3: didn't, it's great. Didn't the guys from Longfellow like branch off and do like tons of different projects like around then? Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Didn't they make the cranberries? That was them, right? Yeah, they the were. They were in
1: the cranberries. We'll leave it at that because we hopefully we'll have a conversation um, with them coming up. But yes, the guys in Longfellow then Started became the, then became the cranberries. Didn't one guy
3: branch off and he was in like
1: Eve Six or something? I think you're thinking of um, Elton Hoody John, Booty the Blowfish, or oh, Elton John. Hoody. I think that the yeah, yes. Tim right. became Elton John for a while, while the rest of the band was the Cranberries. And then they reunited okay. some of them for Sedera. <laughs> That's the exact history of the band. Oh, and one well, thing known as Kiss kept?
3: before that. We're definitely going to need to get them on to get all of these things. We gotta, we'll,
1: we'll try and clear it all up. Aaron, <laughs> now that you have um, masticated your food properly, <laughs> what have you been listening to? <laughs> um,
0: I... Doesn't kind of come as no surprise to anyone, but I've been listening to a lot of death by stereo. What? For two reasons. Number one, I love them. Um, love them. <laughs> And they really reflect my pissed off attitude towards authority. And number two, they are releasing a record uh, in two days. Um, which I am anxiously awaiting receiving that in the mail. Um, because it's going to be awesome. They've released, I think, three singles from that in the past uh, couple months, and they are outstanding. I'm really, really looking forward to hearing the rest of the record. Isn't there a third reason? Third reason? Oh,
1: it's three. Everything has to be three. I have Uh, to do it. I can't handle
0: twos. reason.
1: (laughs) Um, My stereo, something they just put out last night, uh, maybe. Also, because Ephraim
0: Schultz is currently the front man for the Voodoo Glow Skulls, and I'm really hoping that Death by Stereo added some horns in this album.
3: Do they awesome. ever say, pick it up, pick it up?
0: No, because they're not Ska. They are uh, Ska Core, I think. Ska kind of
1: Core. Uh, um, yeah. Sure. Gosh, well, do, do, they, do your
0: research, Mike. They yeah. took... <laughs> All of the good elements from ska, which are and then uh, the horns,
3: so that's all the good, yeah. yeah. As a trumpet they player, I dropped the two tone yes.
0: for the most part and just put the horns with kick ass punk rock.
1: Um, what about live shows like streaming? Oh, you forgot is, the streaming.
0: Well, I didn't want to mention that because they streamed that last night and I haven't had a chance to watch it, but yes, Death by Stereo did a live record release stream last night um and i was really excited about that because for only 25 bucks you got the stream plus a signed cd and that's what i'm waiting for in the mail
1: Yeah, I love that. There's this like, I'm, I'm I'm sure like the pandemic has pushed everyone into this, but the creative ways for bands to get themselves out there during this time has been really cool. We're also yeah. seeing like there's a few companies that have uh, like Jesse and I are in a band, and like I was noticing there's a bunch of companies that are um, making it really easy to put your music on vinyl now. Like it's way less expensive it's way easier to produce. You can kind of produce one at a time. And some of these, like f- with some of these vendors. Um, and so like, we're seeing interesting bundles and interesting packages of stuff. And like, I think live stream concerts are now added to this like product list, which is, which is cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've, I've been, I think in the last couple of months, I've been seeing like a lot of these, these like live show things that the bands are doing virtually. Um, uh, I just watched another one last week. But anyways, there's just a t- bands are doing tons of really fun stuff right now, even though we can't get out and physically see them. I, I just appreciate that, that they're getting creative with, with bringing us stuff. So we could have a, a longer discussion about some of those another time, but um, I'm just going to jump in. This is Jesse. I'm just going to jump in and say what I've been listening to since no one asked me.
1: Um, We're wondering so desperately. Oh, you I just didn't to... care.
3: Oh, Aaron. <laughs>
1: such oh, a stern but, demeanor um,
3: such a stern demeanor I um, I have been into lately Knuckle Puck they've got an album coming out um, coming up in September here it's called 2020 and uh, they've got a few singles that have hit from that and it's just it's just that pop punk sound that I I dig um, you got the the whiny vocal and the oh it's whiny the, it is whiny and the fun guitars and everything but I'm really into it. It sounds really good, high quality recording. Enjoy all you need is just just don't to and Knuckle Puck isn't a band I've been into for a long time. I actually only know of them because Aaron mentioned a, a, like a month ago he was like, oh yeah, I just put on Knuckle Puck on on shuffle on spotify and i was like i actually don't know knuckle puck let me check them out and as it turns out um aaron i like them i'm glad that you did because i don't know if i should say this but i didn't really like them i just was gonna say i was surprised <laughs> that i was surprised that you chose knuckle puck as like a band to hit shuffle off of to like get other stuff within that genre because i was i don't I definitely think of you as the anti-pop guy of the three of us. Uh, yes, but you know,
0: like I've mentioned before on this podcast, I'm trying to give other genres of music a chance. Like for instance, Mike uh, showed me Dispatch last week. Yeah, and pretty. F- I've been funky, um, kind of. Sure, I could. I'm not going to disagree with that, but I've been. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Listening. I've been listening to them? Yeah, I was thinking... Exploring. Exploring. That's the word I was looking for. Exploring. Dispatch. Which
1: exploring throughout history has been kind of synonymous with like um, horrible genocide.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: So it's a e, tough word
1: to just drop in there. Like yeah, in the I don't ex- like to use it a lot. Yeah, like, oh, but he was an explorer. When it comes to folk music, I think it's appropriate.
0: Right. Um, and I even... um have listened to a little bit of Lecrae, which I don't... Well, Jesse just pumped his fist, so I'm assuming that he knows who he is. But uh, I discovered him by reading um, The Color of Compromise Mm -hmm. by Jamar Tisby, and he does the foreword in that. And I really liked what he wrote and thought, you know, I've been thinking about trying out some hip-hop. Maybe this is a good start.
1: Listen to the song Facts. You're not my boss. Okay, but you should listen to the song Facts. It's very good. Okay. I have been digesting it quite a bit, which I'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode of just like where I see philosophy, theology, and civic like duty all kind of like tying together a little bit.
0: Man, I think you're going to make me look really bad on this episode because I don't think that's going to come out of my mouth at all. Oh, man. Not because I don't care. I'm just not prepared for it.
3: All right. Well. Well, let's, let's get into our, our, our subject matter for the day. Um, but first, I also just want to say that um, I've got some folks working on remodeling my bathroom just like right across the hall from this room I'm recording in. So if we end up hearing lots of hammer banging and stuff like that, that's that's me. Sorry about that up front. To, to the two of you, Mike and Aaron, as well as um, the listeners out there that get to hear like... <laughs>
0: By hammer banging, you're talking about sex, right?
3: Um, <laughs> yes. Remo- I don't mean remodeling a bathroom.
1: When he says work. remodeling a bathroom, he's, he
0: means... That's exactly what remodeling a bathroom oh. is. He, oh, he gets, right. so
3: when I said remodeling a bathroom, I meant uh, people getting into it uh, in a different way in the bathroom across the hall from from my office here. Let's just be formal here.
1: <laughs> We're talking about Coitus. okay all All right right. jesse we introduced this challenge that we kind of put out
3: yeah this is something that i i worked on like early on in 2020 just because it's kind of a fun little task to do you just say hey narrow down your, your your favorite albums from from the last decade and it sounds like a super fun thing to do and it is fun but it was also it was work. Like you're cutting bands that you love, you're cutting albums that you love, but like to actually just say you can only pick pick ten albums that that were either your favorite or the best of the last decade and 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 put it into a list. And so I actually did a lot of this work, like putting together my favorites a while back. But I've mentioned it to several friends over the last few months. Oh, hey. Show me what your top 10 are. And I've, I've got a handful of friends that definitely, definitely did it. I know you guys both did, but actually the, the two of you are the ones I want to hear from today um, for, for what your top 10 are. I think what we should do is just kind of take turns, sort of a round table, just name one that's in your, in your top 10. Um, and we'll just go one, one album at a time, mention a few songs or whatever it is about it that, that you love. And we'll just, we've got 30 records to talk about.
1: We do between the three of us we do and i so a couple of clarifiers um these are all albums from the last decade which means they are from they either were released in they were released between 2010 and 2019 that's right we're we're not going one to zero there are one to ten we're going zero to nine
3: yes which was
1: very difficult that that was even like it was kind of amazing how much one year of shifting made things really tough. Um, that's also, a good
0: point, because when I heard Last Decade, I immediately thought 2011 to 2020. So there's one album on my list that came out in
3: 2020. Oh, oh well, man. that's technically against the rules, you. Aaron. But no, I'm just kidding. It's not a big deal. That's fine. You could put one on there.
1: Um, I think one other thing I just wanted to name before we jump into it is... I want to admit that to me, as I built this, this kind of became a list of new music that I like. <laughs> really, <laughs> like it just felt like I was just getting old. I guess like songs, like albums in the last ten years are like relatively like new records in my life because yeah. there's so much music from before that. So um, I feel the same way because
0: when I first started compiling this list, I immediately went to like. Uh, several albums that came out in like the 2000s. And I had to think,
1: wait a minute. No, that was like 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. 2009 had so many great albums. It was like one year off, like a bunch of them. So, okay. Um, all right, Jesse. So you said we're just going to take turns and kind of go around yeah. um, sharing the record, kind of the why, and maybe like a song or two, like some, some of the songs that have stood out. Is that kind of like the hope? yeah just
3: yeah one record at a time mention what what you like about it or or, or the band just any little any little tidbits you want for, for why this definitely makes your top 10 I, i'm gonna i'm gonna just jump in and say aaron, aaron can you give us uh one one of yours why don't you why don't you go first just with an album oh, happily right? yes
0: and uh i chose to uh, order mine in alphabetic order because I couldn't think of a better way to do it.
3: Mine are going to be going in chronological order.
0: by really like date. it.
3: <laughs> um, so the first one that I
0: chose was um, Entropic. No, I'm sorry. I'm going that was my first list. Adrenalized their album Operation Exodus. Um, and this is a Spanish band which I have mentioned on the podcast before they're from Spain uh, and they are totally kick-ass. They have guitars, they have drums, they shred them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. No, um, they're incredible musicians really. Uh, They're kind of a very fast sort of skate punk. I might, I think you might call them um, with pretty deep lyrics. Uh, And that like, those are, the two reasons that i i really like this album
3: uh can you tell us like any specific song that that is like a a favorite lyrically or musically just one song that will probably will probably punch in a little sound bit right right here right here oh yeah um here comes here comes (gasps) the sound bit from adrenalized now
0: The story to believe um, and uh, one of the, the verses is we always imagine a world without poor happiness freedom enjoyed by us all on our feet we stand fellow companions in our own command um, and I think this uh, represents the album pretty well kind of addressing a lot of the things that are going on in the world and sort of the move towards uh, nationalism and <laughs> um that sort of thing like uh and you know i really like that bands are addressing this a lot these days um and i think that this band does a really good job of that
1: cool uh i'll go next if that's all right yeah yeah do it Um, Um, so i i I, so i i have like two i broke mine into kind of two sections um, because I think the last decade has been uh, absolutely defining for my life in a lot of ways. Um and it really has been split into two parts. And the music that I have been super into follows those two sort of chapters pretty closely. Um, I've mentioned this a few times on the pod, but i I am a lyricist first. I like writing lyrics, and I like reading lyrics. I like poetry. Um, and so lyrics mean a lot to me That being said, a great record Also has great music um, And so uh, I My two pieces of my decade Are, and I'll get a tiny bit heavy But I think it's important to name The why here um, So my dad passed away At the beginning of the decade And so I was like going through a lot of Grief And I was pretty depressed and I process things really deeply when I'm, when I'm in processing, I am like almost untappable because I like internalize and I'm like, and Jesse and I together in this, like uh, was probably some of the best songwriting I ever did was like during that time. Like I was writing like a madman, new songs, like every day, sometimes, um, and just like not for anybody else just for me to scream in my own garage and so i was kind of drawn to music that seemed to like come up that was helping me process all these things as they were happening and so that was the first half of the decade um and i'll get into kind of what the other half of the decade was later when i talked about some other albums um but just as that was happening um, thrice's major minor came out uh and that record for all of the the guys in thrice they had been going through the same thing i was going through Um, all of them had lost a parent to some kind of cancer um and so i was right there with them and so the lyrics of that whole album are all about dealing with um grief dealing with this kind of like tragedy before you feel ready or mature or old enough to deal with it because we were all like in our twenties or early thirties when this happened, um, and so I picked major minor. Um, I also think that that album was super important for me because I can get down really low and really quick, and like I said, almost I'm untappable sometimes when I'm like that. Um, but that album has like held a huge importance for me because of its its design. Like the design of the album was to allow the listener or the songwriter to go down to those places um which in rock and roll music most rock and roll music is written in the minor key like in a minor key um, and hold you down there and not be afraid to deal with anger and sadness and despair and frustration and all these things um, but by design the album is meant to lift at the end to the major which feels hopeful feels bright feels like there's light um and so the song disarmed from that record is the pivot point of the album i also think it's a pivot point in in thrice's like entire discography actually that one song serves as this like shift um and so um that lyric there where um he's speaking about evil and darkness and despair and he uh sings like now that you have been disarmed you can cross over unharmed, and the unharmed lift to the major is maybe the most beautiful one minute of music I've ever heard. And so, for me, <clears throat> that that serves as this pivot point. I'll get into some of the other records, um, but the decade for me started out as being the worst time of my entire life, and a lot of the like albums that I will bring up are, are things that kind of held held me tightly as I went through all that.
3: Major, minor, great record, great record for sure. Thanks for sharing.
1: All right, Jesse. Jesse's up now. Yeah, um,
3: I mentioned. I kind of am able to to divide my list into like a top half, most favorite. Like when I was putting together my top 10, it was like, these are the ones that just were like, boom, 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 boom. Like these are easy picks. There's no way these aren't going to make my list. Um, And then the next five become much more difficult because you're, you're narrowing down 20 albums you have in mind and only picking five more after your obvious five. So that was definitely a challenge. Um, But even though I have kind of that mindset of like top five, bottom five of the overall top 10, I'm just going to go in in chronological order because that's how I physically arranged my list here. When I was putting together a list, I gave myself multiple different parameters for for how to actually allow myself to do this. There was one, one list I put together where I tried to say like, oh, I want to pick w- one album from each year. But then there was like a few years where I was like, no, I can't leave... These two albums off, even though they're all from the same year, or yeah. But I um, also lost my train of thought. Is what I did. <laughs> I also tried once. I, I the one rule that I did end up sticking to was I, I didn't put more than one album from any one band. There's probably a couple bands on here where I might have been able to put more than one album that could have made it, but I was like, no, I'm just gonna. It's gonna be ten bands. Um. So. My first one uh, is an album from 2011. It's one of my handful of favorite bands of all time. It's the band Emery. I've been really into them ever since they first started putting out music. Uh, but their album that came out in 2011 was called We Do What We Want. Um, and that definitely makes my top 10. Um, it It is one of their uh, heaviest records. They're, they're kind of like a post-hardcore emo group lots of dueling vocals going on it's kind of what they're known for but this record they put out without their second vocalist he kind of went on hiatus from the band for a little while Devin and kind of focused on his family stuff for a little while but Emery put out this record without him um, which I ended up being kind of surprised that I ended up loving it so much Um, because it's missing some of the really classic things that made Emery so great on their first three, four full-length records. Um, But they just went way heavier on this record than some of their previous stuff with way meatier guitar parts that just grind a little bit at times, like way more songs with just straight prominent, just screaming constantly. Um, So um there's a it's it's a great record i love it um lyrically they touch on on a lot of stuff that that's important to me as well um on this record and that was actually something i didn't get into when it first came out back in 2011 i just was like oh this is heavy yeah but but only uh, more recently i've like really dug into some of the lyrics and found found stuff that's that, that's really important to me so that's that's the uh first one on my list there was we do what we want by emery which ends our first round. We each shared a record and uh, I'm going to shoot it back over to Aaron and say, Aaron, what, what's next on your list?
0: That was a tough round. And uh, here's the one record that I mentioned that came out in 2020 and uh, I would, well, I might be surprised if this is on either of your lists, but I chose American Arson, a line in the
1: sand. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, I think uh this album uh man with everything that's going on in the world with uh you know the political turmoil and the you know Black Lives Matter movement you know the push towards racial justice and social justice uh I think the lyrics on here talk to that but it also um speaks to you know um What's what I'm looking for? It speaks to us as individuals very well. Um, but the I think they kick it off really well with their intro, the end. And there's just three lines. It's if every poor man is a burden and every foreigner the enemy, if love is only for the ones who share my skin, I swear that this could be the end. If- those are you know incredibly powerful i love that he um recognizes and he is putting it out there that like if we as a society are you know holding others down based on these you know trying to elevate one group of people above another um it's gonna be the end very quickly it's you know things are gonna fall apart go ahead
3: yeah no that that first song off that record definitely um Hits me really good too. When he, when he says the end, this could be the end. What, uh, what do you think, what do you think he means? The the end of what, what do you take that as?
0: Um, I take that as like the end of America as we know it. Um, and maybe that's not right.
3: I think I might need a second here. No, it's fine. I, Uh, I, I'll jump in and just and share my two cents while you <laughs> um, while you gather your thoughts. Fine. Cause I take it as, as sort of what you said. I don't think he means the end of America in general, but I think he means like the end of what America is supposed to be. Right. I was going to say it's the
0: end of like any progress that we have seen in the last, you know, like 40 or 50 years, um, you know, across our country, we do see a push towards nationalism, um, you know, it feels like white people are trying desperately to hold on to the privilege and the supremacy that they have had for a long time. And, um, you know, I think our president has really helped bolster uh, the white man's um, sort what looking for moxie in trying yeah. to take back. Uh, you know, the the little bit of supremacy that um, has been given away, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I would add, <clears throat> I think there's also the end of some sort of evangelical leave it to beaver something. Like to just like throw some harsh imagery there. Like I think he is speaking to like conservative evangelicals. I think like that's part Wait, of his did you audience. Say the, the
0: end <clears throat> of that.
1: Yeah. Like the end, what is the end? <clears throat> I think he's saying like, there has been this sort of like ideal state, uh, oh. a holy huddle, uh, like some sort of, and I, I say leave it to Beaver because it's kind of the image that has been used as this cliche of like, right. Milkman drops off milk on the front porch, and all the family sits at the breakfast table together. And mm-hmm. dad folds his paper and goes off to work, and mom's cleaning the kitchen. Um, you know, I I, I love that Evan just by the name of the band, and by like the name of the band is actually hopeful to light a fire, as they told us. But the lyrics throughout the album are just like, well, what does that family do when someone moves into the neighborhood that doesn't look like them? If we can't do this, then it's actually the end of your neighborhood.
0: Right. And uh, I think that uh, it's very important that uh, a Christian band, would we say they're a Christian band, we're pretty sure they're Christian, right? I mean, you listen to
1: the King's Risen. They haven't (coughs) explicitly said it, but... Yeah, I mean, I would um, say they're Christians who are in that band. Yeah, I think similar to like Dustin Kinzer
0: and Thrice. Right. But I think it's uh, the fact that um we have christians speaking up against these things i think is powerful and uh one reason why i really like this album because it's not the same kind of dribble coming from christian musicians where it's just like in the end everything's gonna be okay because i'm going to heaven fuck you (laughs) Wait, Mike, that's did you our write new that app. down? That's, that's our, a, that's song. That's our new, new promo. Song.
1: That's our new promo
3: for the network. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, man.
0: All right. Well, but that's throw, what most Christian music sounds like
1: to me.
3: Note to self, throw <laughs> explicit on this episode. Um, well,
1: because if I can. That's what like, Christians
3: are saying. Christians are saying, F you.
1: Right. If I could actually run with that. So. I, I think are you going uh, to your next album? I am, I am because I okay, think there's good. a connection here. Uh my next album is is a uh, an album called uh, The Great Outdoors by a band called The Rocket Boys. Um and so I uh, I actually heard these guys live at a very small venue, a live show. Um and I bought everything uh, after I heard them. I bought a bunch of vinyl and it became like uh for a while maybe Seven years ago, it was like stuck on my on my turntable uh, because I loved it so much um And I again like going back to me struggling with like You know that time of 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 being in some despair and some grief Uh, this was a an aside for me. Um This band is not a punk rock band. They're not heavy Uh, but I think that their music is just beautiful um, fantastic vocals, beautiful recording ideas. Um, I think, you know, I grew up hit, hitting a guitar and I, I've, I've talked about this before. Like to me, a guitar has been like a weapon, um, either a, a sword or a shield or something, but it's something that I, I play my guitar pretty violently. Um, when I'm, when we play shows, it's very common for me to like smack the headstock of my guitar on the cymbals and stuff like my guitars get chewed up. I like, I like the scars. Um, and I play pretty nice guitars. So it's a little crazy sometimes. Yeah. I
3: remember, I remember one time we were playing some like acoustic guitars in like a drum circle down in OB and you're playing like a really nice Taylor acoustic guitar probably costs, I don't know, 2,500 bucks, like super nice guitar and like some super drunk guy, like, rides by on a bicycle and like just runs straight into you and super dings up your guitar. And you were just like, nice,
1: adds a little character. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. That's a good story. It's a good story for a guitar. <laughs> remember, a guitar. I remember that. I mean, that's what he got through though. Like that machine was, was made to kill fascists. Like that guitar is made to fight for guys like that drunk guy. That's the whole purpose of me owning that guitar is to work for, <laughs> is to work for that man. It's yeah. for him. And so that's a little different, I guess. Um, at the
3: time, I remember being really impressed because if my guitar, because I've got a really nice Taylor Acoustic guitar too, and if it got dinged up, I probably would have been like, oh no, it's ruined. But no, that's, <laughs> at the time, I probably would have felt that way, even though now I'm probably able to see it differently.
1: Um, so I'm going to get into song because I know we got to push through this a little bit. Yeah. I, I love this band a lot. Um, and I really recommend, they had another album, in 2009 that was fantastic I actually like it a little more but it didn't make the decade um, in my time of coping in my time of trying to deal um, and thinking about how I wanted the world to be uh, this band is important for me and so I'm just gonna read a couple lyrics from two different songs if I can squeeze that in real fast um, one is the just the the first song um, on the album it's called Sights and Sounds um, and I think it paints a picture of my experience in the last decade. Uh, the, song, the song reads, um, I was young, listening to all the sounds, with my ear upon the ground, listening for truth. And all I heard was good. Then, there we were, watching all those burning lights take over the empty night and taking us home. And all we saw was good. And I took it all in, and buried deep underground oh i never thought i would need to remember those sights or those sounds um, and later in the song he gets into like feelings of despair but coming back to this idea that there were these beautiful sights and there are these beautiful sounds that were part of his inculcation and he has to go back and dig them back out from under the ground and as he and he as he goes back to dig them out the sights and sounds come out, like he stored them like like acorns or something, right? And and they come back out and they refeed him. And so it wasn't a waste of time. It wasn't petty and it wasn't childish that he like took in all the good. And I think of that as being like parents teaching you important things, being like shown the goodness of the world by, by mentors or family, parents, that kind of thing, and how important it can be later in your life. So I love that tune, but the most like deep thing from the album is, uh, one of the last songs of the album, it's called the best. Um, we walked into the venue and this was the first song they played, or sorry, it was the last song they played, uh, of their set. And I will immediately walk back to the table to buy albums from just from one, like this one song was so good. Um, but the song, the best, uh, the first lyric says all of my words are hitting me harder now. And time will only tell where we're gonna where we are going and how we're going to get there Um, And I know you never had it easy you spent all your time trying to make a better life While I was spending mine making up bitter rhymes And that just hits me because I, I sing so much about turmoil and I sing so much about wondering and frustration um, I have a hard time just accepting peace and joy sometimes uh, but the song ends, and this is like, kind of connects to the story of my dad a lot. Um, uh, he's, he ends with, we won't always be together, but oh, the songs we will sing in heaven. And it won't matter how we ended, because we'll all be together and we'll be singing. And he just, it goes on and on and on. It's like group vocals, and it's just super beautiful. And it's like all about, it doesn't matter what happened, we can still reconcile with each other. We can still be reconciled. Um, and I just I love it yep so the Rocket Boys the Great Outdoors Jesse, I think it's to you.
3: All right, my next album also is a record from 2011. I mentioned I I had at one point tried to put one per year, which didn't work out because 2011 has three. <laughs> but I'll just get to one here. Um, uh, and it's it's an album. It's the album that um, was put out by uh, The Devil Wears Prada, uh. and It's called Dead Throne, and I remember this album came out right right around the time when I went and visited... Where did I go? I went down to Chiapas in Mexico, and I just remember this album was just playing nonstop on the plane ride down there and on car rides to and from where we were staying. I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, And I know I mentioned my first record by Emery was like one of their heaviest... This blows that away. It is constant, face-melting heaviness. (laughs) Constant. And in the title track, Dead Throne, um, uh, just a couple of lyrics that they they start right off with is, uh, What you hold dear is a false account. What you hold dear offers no salvation. Dead Throne We've put the world up onto a dead throne, um, and and as as epic as that sounds, with what they're doing musically, and and vocally, it, it, just cover your face because it's gonna melt right off. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that was just w- one song ly- lyrics I mentioned, but the entire album. I think it's ten or eleven tracks, and it is non-stop. <laughs> it's <laughs> so huge, so huge. So I highly recommend that whole album if you like just that massive sound of heavy music. So, yeah, that's that's my second record of the decade, which which means we got to get into uh, uh, another one from from Aaron. So number three, and this is just in alphabetical
0: order, was Entropic by Hit the Switch. Um, and this is a not that well-known band from Riverside, but they're fantastic. Uh, kind of a melodic skate punk type thing. But the guitars on this band or in this band, the guitars are incredible. Um, they just shred a ton and uh but their lyrics are incredible as well for instance the song north star one of the verses is bogged down by the waves we spotted hope in that old lighthouse in the dark but it's too late we're not whole we're not welcome anymore and never the same we're still battling our old ways I really like that uh, kind of idea of um, kind of what we mentioned or what Mike mentioned earlier about this, like getting to that leave it to beaver type. Um, uh, well, you know, trying to get back to the leave it to the beaver, the 1950s where everybody was white and her uh, milk was delivered to us, everything was good, right? Um, but we're trying to get back to that. Like, and that's what we're looking to. Um, But it's too late for that. Like there's no going back to that. And uh, we're really stumbling on that, trying to achieve that instead of, you know, trying to make progress and addressing all the, the things that we really need to, to make a society that works for everybody.
3: Can I, can I uh, throw a quote on that? Please do. It's lyrics, mm-hmm. and this is it. True progress means matching the world to the vision in our heads. That's Dustin Kendrew, Thrice, from the song Circles off of the Beggars album. There we go. That just came to mind when you were talking about wh- what progress really looks like and I don't know about you guys, but yeah. just about any time anybody says anything ever, I connect it to some sort of lyrics that I know. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys yeah. constantly do that? Or is that a yeah. weird thing that oh, I do?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: so it's not just me?
0: No, not just you. Um, so I think that it's now Mike's turn.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, th- this will be one of the more um, controversial picks, I believe. I believe it'll be a controversial pick. Is it Bjork? It's not a Bjork album. Um, It is, it's actually two records. I'm going to put them together as one because I think it's one project. You cheater. Uh, But I am going to choose, uh, my next one is Cope slash Hope from Manchester Orchestra. Uh, They are the same record that are kind of like produced completely differently so they're the same songs. same songs, same same order same length different arrangements completely different instrumentation uh cope is like this fat mid-fi fuzzed out heavy heavy record that i have grown more and more to appreciate jesse does not like it because of its recording quality (laughs) you don't like like the guitars you don't like the the guitars they
3: were too woofy and 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 farty
1: okay says so the guy who bought a muffaletta at one point i uh, still have it okay so i think like i the record the, the whole record to me and even its name and like i have adopted so much like i do some graphic design and i've even like taken on futura extra bold condensed the font from it and i use it for a ton of stuff because the entire record's purpose was absolutely in your face like we have to deal with the way that we cope with things. the way that we deal with shit we have to be better at it um and so i there's a bunch of songs on there but the title track cope is a song that jesse and i have covered lots of times together in the band it's a song that i go on like facebook or instagram and sing songs live sometimes and i almost always work cope into it i've changed the lyrics for my own lyrics i sing different ones than andy hull sings sometimes which Um, is fair which is totally fair, and if we were friends, he does which,
3: that. He does that himself.
1: Yeah, and if if I could hang out with him, I, he'd probably say it's fine and give me a hug, and kiss me on the cheek. Um, and, but one of the things I love about the record is it, there, or the records together as a project, um, because they recorded "Cope" when they were touring. "Cope" they recorded "Hope" with like samples, lots of acapella, some acoustic stuff, and a lot of synth while on the road touring the the first version of the album um is i i can see tying it again to like this major minor thing in myself of like lifting out of darkness um cope is heavy and in your face it's aggressive uh andy is dealing with a lot of things in the album that i felt like i've been dealing with the last 10 years in terms of like feeling okay um having faith in things um And he's dealing with aggressively. There's some songs also, like the song After the Scriptures, which is on the deluxe version, um, which I think is just a beautiful song. Uh, If people have not listened to it because they only have the regular album, please listen to After the Scripture. Um, But it's just in the space. And then Hope is like only using instrumentation and style completely makes the same record not in your face and it makes it like a a receiving and a cradling. So one of them feels like I'm being pushed from behind or something to go like change who you are, do it differently. You're okay. And hope is like, I got you together. We're here. It's okay for you to be messed up. Like it's okay for, and I needed somebody to tell me that at the time. Like I needed somebody to be like, Hey Mike, you're kind of fucked up. It's okay. Like still love you. Um, and hope did that for sure to, and the lyrics are all the same so it's kind of amazing to create a project that has such like dynamic and i hope there's one thing that we know from the way
3: I'm, I'm sitting right here, like, just constantly nodding with you. Like, you you said, like, oh, you didn't like Cope. I definitely had a problem with, with the way that it ended up getting mixed and mastered and some of the choices they made in the guitar sound. So I was, like, disappointed that the guitars lacked clarity on the Cope record. Cause, I mean, that's just how I like my guitars to sound or not sound. But I, I still liked Cope. It just took me a long time to settle into it. Because I didn't like how the guitar sounded. But what super helped me realize that I liked it even more than my initial listen was was hearing Hope when they came out with it. Because it was it's all the same songs, just completely rearranged. And it was just... Like you said, it was like something holding you up. It was like, Cope is pushing you, and Hope is holding you. I I absolutely felt that way, and it was an extraordinary way that they approached it all. But...
1: So. I, I I do want to say though, if Andy Hull, because I know you're a subscriber, um, <laughs> Jesse wishes that the guitars on Cope sounded like Knuckle Puck. That's all. Oh, no! No, you should buy but. him a Knuckle Puck pedal and send it to him. No,
3: no I don't wish they sounded like Knuckle Puck, but I do wish they sounded like. Everything else. Mean Everything to Nothing, the clarity that comes from the guitars on those. Oh, gosh. Even a, a little bit of simple math, there's more clarity. Although, the way that the guitar sound on simple math is kind of like right in between the clarity yeah, and, the,
1: and the and muddiness. Mean Everything to Nothing is literally the heartbreak of the 2009 records that I could not add to this list, by the way. Because the album is
3: yeah. super important yeah. to
1: me. Anyway, all right, Jesse, you're up plus, for your number. Plus
3: mean Everything to Nothing is pretty much like quintessential this is how you should make your telecaster guitar sound yep. for a modern rock album yes this is it right here am i up is it my turn for another one all right this is my third record from the year 2011 I had three records came out that year that could not be left off my list and this one is switchfoot and the record is vice versus i've been a fan of switchfoot since i was a kid um their early stuff, I was always into. They were great. John Foreman is obviously just a phenomenal man, songwriter, hard on his sleeve, cares about everything that I think anybody could or should care about. <laughs> so very inspirational in that way. Um, uh, there's not a song on this record that I dislike, uh, but just a few lyrics that I want to highlight. Um from back in 2011 is he wrote a song called Selling the News. Oh, so um, good. Like, it's not, it's one of actually my least favorite songs with the arrangement and everything. Like, I don't, I don't love the arrangement of it, but the content of the song just covers all of that up for me. Um, the general style of the song, the way it kind of flows, I don't super love, but um, the content he gets into is, is exactly what, what I love about the song. there's a part of me that wants to like, Oh, let me just highlight one verse or one chorus of of the lyrics. But every single verse just hits something that you're just like, Oh, yep. America. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. I'll I'll try to pick, I'll try to pick a verse or something here. Um, All men are equal. All is for sale. A powerful dog has been chasing its tail. The lowest common denominator prevails. We're selling the news. America listens as the story is told, with the eye on the truth as the story unfolds, but the ratings determine which story was sold. We're selling the news. I wanna believe you. I wanna believe you, but everything is in between. The fact is fiction. Suspicion is the new religion.
0: one lyric that stood out to me in that is uh with the eye on the truth and that sounds to me like you know we already know the truth like just tell it to me and not like like you're expecting to hear something specific right and if what you hear doesn't match that then it's not the truth
1: right
3: Hey, this is Jesse, putting this little uh, bit in here in post, actually. Um, We had actually continued our discussion for a few more albums here, but we realized that afterwards, putting it all together, that it would be much too long of an episode to actually get through five. We want to keep this around an hour for you guys. So we're going to stop here, and we'll... uh, We'll get to uh, the rest of our top 10 albums of the last decade um, in the next episode. So be on the lookout for that within the next couple of weeks. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody.